DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Katy Perry, Snoop Dogg, Scott Mitchell, a cast of thousands. <laughs> it's time One to welcome in the former Ute quarterback. Start right after another. That's huh? right, the former Ute quarterback, now radio analyst on Utah football games, and you're him an afternoon drive, co-host of Unrivaled, right here on The Zone Sports Network, Scott Mitchell. Good morning. Good morning, it is. How are uh, you guys doing? Uh, good. Scott, I'm going to tell you one thing. In the video, if you haven't seen the video of this, Snoop Dogg wears an ice cream suit. If someone gets me that ice cream suit, I would wear that on TV. That ice cream <laughs> suit is outstanding. April Fool's Day, boom, me ice cream suit. It happens. It's go time. All right, let's set that aside. It's the Rose Bowl Eve. Can you believe it? Are are you still are you still pinching yourself? You're you oh from asphalt in the end zone to this. <laughs> so I was at Ohio State in 1986 uh, when Utah lost 64 to six, and to go from there to here, and and really in a relative short period of time is, is incredible, and to and to, to witness it, you know, to be a player and know how bad we were then, and how good they were, and what they meant to college football, and then. To yesterday, we did our show from Colorado Street in Los Robles, and that's right in the middle of the parade route for the Rose Parade. And you know, getting getting all these emails and getting your credentials and and being down here, and you you just get a real sense of how awesome this game is. I was uh, it was the first thought I had when Utah joined the Pac-12. It's like now they they can compete to go to a Rose Bowl. They're no longer one of these bowl buster teams that every once in a while has an undefeated season. And they, they can, anytime they want, anytime they're good enough, they can go to the Rose Bowl. And that is just a cool thing if you're a Utah fan. Yeah, it absolutely is. I'm wondering, did you make your way to Bel Air last night? <laughs> I did. And and it was it was amazing. I, mean, I was at this event, and a, form, a former uh, U, U, Ute alumni who been very successful in his life had this event i mean the governor was there uh taylor randall the the president of the university of utah gail miller was there uh a lot of you know there were some some other players jamal anderson terrell burgess was was at the event and there's just so many people that are excited they were saying that they're going to have um they know they've sold at least over sixty thousand tickets to utah fans and the, and the rose bowl seats you know somewhere over 90,000. And so, I mean, two-thirds that are known, I mean, it could be more, two-thirds of the Rose Bowl will be Utah fans. And, and, and so it's, just, it's cool that all these people on all these different levels are, are excited about, about this. You know, I just, I, just, I, I hear about people driving uh, down here and, and the stories, and I'm, I'm in Long Beach. I mean, I'm kind of south of where everything is. And this hotel is full of uh, of Utah people that are going to be going to the game. I mean, it's kind of kind of an invasion of Utes here in Southern California. You know, the only thing that's sad about it being Ohio State, because obviously Ohio State brings a lot of cachet, so there's a lot of positives. But because of the colors, the red isn't going to pop the same way if they were playing <laughs> Iowa in black and gold or Michigan in blue or Michigan State in green. Then you would, you know, they'd have an aerial, inevitably, of the stadium. You'd be like, holy cow, look at that. And now the whole stadium is basically going to be the same color because it's Ohio State. But other than that... 
No, the optics are important too, uh, and and it, it's a good point it, because you, it's like which team are you for here? I think I think they have Utah fans in white, uh, so I, I think people are supposed to dress in white, which is weird because you really want to wear red. The the jerseys and and helmets are it's a white combination. Uh, it'll look it'll look nice. So so I guess we're going to white out the the Rose Bowl. You're a quarterback by trade, and we know that the receivers for Ohio State, the top are two of the top three. That uh, statistically, the top one is going to be there. They're out of the game, and I'm wondering for you: Do you think that it is receivers who make quarterbacks look good, or quarterbacks <laughs> who make receivers look good? Oh, he's biased. Come on. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what it is. Uh, it's it's really receivers and quarterbacks are on the same page that look good and, and you can you can have one that's good and one that isn't and it, do, it doesn't really it really has to be uh, both of those players and quite frankly that's that's what's a little concerning to me about Ohio State you know I keep hearing this hey they've got talent you know next man up is a five-star recruit it doesn't it doesn't matter who's playing in the game and, and I don't know that I agree with that I mean this if you're a player, you haven't played all year, and all of a sudden you're going to go into the Rose Bowl, and you, and you haven't had that game experience. I'm not talking about, well, they've had a month to practice. I'm talking about being in a game, game speed, in a big game where all your emotions are on display and go, okay, go execute at a, a high level. I'm not saying these guys can't make plays, but I, I'd just be surprised if they could consistently – Uh, be effective you know I I guarantee you early on in the game they're going to have nerves Uh, CJ Stroud's used to these receivers breaking and running a certain way and and he's used to that in a game Uh, so so I I just think it's it's hard I'm not saying it's impossible but it's hard for for young players inexperienced players to just step right in and go okay we're we're going to be you know we're going to execute at a high level it's hard and I think to back that up, any of us who've ever watched a Pro Bowl, obviously everybody there is wildly talented, but you don't have that familiarity. You don't have that crispness. That's why when you're Troy Aikman and you go and Michael Irvin becomes the MVP because he's the only guy you throw the ball to. He's the only one you feel comfortable with. So, yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. They do have a 1,000-yard rusher, though, too. How much do you think with these receivers being out, as you just said, and the unfamiliarity of the newcomers who need to step out, step up, do you think that they might rely more on the ground game? I mean, I, I think that Ohio State has the confidence or maybe arrogance or whatever you want to call it to say, this is who we are and this is what we do. So they're 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 going to try to be fairly balanced. I don't I don't think they're going to do more or less of something. I think they're going to try to just be explosive, and they're definitely going to going to try to run the football because it's something something that they do. Uh, Utah has really shored up its uh, front seven. Uh, that that was kind of a, a challenge early on in the year, but those guys are really understanding how they fit in that defense, and they're all playing playing together both both really in the in their run uh, responsibilities and in their pass um, rush I don't think people talk enough about and it's not the guys on the edge it's not Mika Tafuka or Van Fillinger but it's it's Junior Tafuna it's Haoti Pututau in the middle 
that are getting this really good push, which, you know, so, so Utah has become pretty stout up front, like handling run games and pass rush. That's not the problem. I'm not worried about Ohio State running. I'm worried about Utah's ability to cover in the secondary because it's de- it's depleted. I mean, it, it's not it. Uh, it it's kind of scary. It, in fact, I, I they're they're going to have to do something unique uh, just to just to figure out how to cover the second and third teamers from Ohio State. Uh, there's a, there's been a lot of injuries. And and Morgan Scally likes to do a lot of man. Well, he doesn't. I don't want to say he likes to do a lot. He likes to show a lot of different looks. Like they'll go zone coverage, man coverage. They'll show like they're going to be in man and then go to zone. And when you have inexperienced guys making those adjustments uh, is tricky. And and you saw it at times in games where there were these blown assignments. And and it's because you got these inexperienced players in. So he may have to just dial it back and go pretty vanilla. Uh, in his in his coverages, just to uh, just you know, just to hopefully get, you know not give up big plays. So Scott, as a former quarterback, obviously we're talking about receivers, but the left tackle, the blindside tackle, obviously you're a left-handed quarterback, then the right tackle would be your blindside. But in this case, uh, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer opts out. Thayer Munford, who is the left guard, moves back to left tackle where he'd been for three years. What level of confidence do you have when the O-line is shuffling like that? I mean, this is a guy who, unlike the receivers, has played a lot of snaps at that position. Yeah, mo- most most guys on uh, most offensive lines. If you if you lose one guy, uh, there's like like you said, there's typically someone that kind of fills in, or you know, uh, I'm not as concerned uh, about that. Um, although I, I I think it you know when you get a guy that hasn't been playing in that position recently, it might take some time for him to get get back into a comfort level. And that could be an advantage uh, for for someone like Mika Tafua on the edge rushing, uh, but but those, those those offensive lines they they're, they tend to be pretty versatile and and you're always going to have six or seven guys anyways that you know basically are plug and play and probably play uh, they you know that's not unusual so so that that's not the the, the biggest challenge to me I'm, I'm not overly concerned with that. Did you ever have a game in a moment before the game you just looked around and said, wow, because I'm wondering how wide-eyed the Utes might be in this situation? Yeah, I mean, I got nervous before every game. I always said, wow, before every game. I mean, really, it's it's, it's a weird thing to, to go out in front of 70,000, 80,000 people in, that are live, right? But then there's also – millions watching on television. I mean, the, the number of people that will be watching this game across the country, they're, they're, they're home, they're on vacation. It's part of the tradition of the end of college football, the bowl season. It's the Rose Bowl. And, and you could really kind of freak yourself out about how many people are watching you. But most, most football players are narcissistic. Like, they love the attention. Like so, it's kind of like I, I, there's not enough people watching me, and so you have that nervousness. But um, at least for me, and I, I know a lot of like I I was comfortable in that environment. I was comfortable. The worst part sitting in a hotel, right? 
or in the locker room. But once you walk out onto that field, once you get into that stadium, once you put on your your uniform, once you go out and you go through through your warm ups, and like by the time the game gets there, you, you're like, "Where's a brick wall?" And I'll run through it. And and after I've run through it, put it up again, and I'll run back through it. I mean, you're just so ready ready to play. Uh, you know that nervousness just just kind of go it just kind of goes away. I've been reading the Columbus Dispatch to kind of learn stuff about Ohio State that we don't get watching from the other side of the country occasionally. And they have a note this week that Cade Stover, a tight end, is moving to linebacker because uh, they've had injuries on defense. And I couldn't tell you anything about Cade Stover, but I'm curious if you knew. You had a, a linebacker who'd switched from tight end, who's been a linebacker before. They moved him back and forth. So it's not like he's never played linebacker, but he hasn't been playing linebacker. And they're describing this as a one-week move. Obviously, you can run the ball at him, but what would you try to do to him in pass coverage as well? Oh, I'd, I'd wear him out both. I mean, I'd wear him out running the football. I'd wear him out in, in pass coverage. Uh, I mean, the, the strength of this Utah passing game is the tight ends. And and those linebackers over the middle of the field. I mean, I mean Utah. Real, you, you have to test him for sure. I mean, you have to see where where this guy is, and it, it's certainly one of those early matchups in this game. And I, I think I think the matchup really in this game period is motivation. I really do. I mean, I I, th- I think I, you just you, you know you see a move like this. You see a lot of these guys from Ohio State opt out of this game. And you just go, how motivated are they? I don't, I don't know what that answer is. I don't know if these young guys are just like, man, I finally got my chance. I'm going to blow it out in the Rose Bowl. Or if Ohio State is just on a, on a hangover from losing to their rival, one, losing uh, out on the college football playoffs, two, and, and just having to play Utah in the Rose You know, it's like one thing to go to the Rose Bowl, but now you got to play Utah. And, and, and they don't look at Utah as like, that's a great consolation. They want to rematch with Oregon, or they want to play USC. You know, they want they want that name. I mean, just like Utah goes, we don't want to play Iowa. We don't want to play uh, Wisconsin or Penn State, and you know, maybe Penn State. But we we want the crown jewel of the Big Ten to play. And and you have Utah on the other side of it that's just going like we've had this unbelievable season emotionally. We've lost our teammates. We've started out slow we've we finally got here we beat Oregon twice and then and so who's more motivated when it really when it really steps you know when the game starts and is it is a tight end move the linebacker as motivated as Devin Lloyd who's already a linebacker or Brant Keithy who's already a tight end you know I, I I just really believe motivation throw everything out the window that to me is what this game is all about how much pride do you think there is for former Utes of the last 20, 30 years? You're not there. You didn't do it. But you're part of the program to help it get to this point. So it sucked when I was at Utah, PK. Really. Like, we were we were terrible. And I'd, I'd never been like that in my life. I'd never been on a, you know, I, I growing up, we always won. Uh, I thought of myself as someone who was a winner. And we, we didn't win at Utah, and it was hard. It was really hard, and it was really hard for me because, you know, I opted to not go to BYU, who was the one that won all the time. And and so to go and, and fight just to be 500 every season, never go to a bowl game, 
never get a conference championship. Uh, it was like, look, I set all these records at Utah because we we had to throw the ball all the time. We had to score all the time just to have a chance to to win. And and so it was it was. And my time at Utah was the best time. I'm not saying it was bad because it wasn't. It was one of the greatest times in my life. It's something that I'll cherish and appreciate forever. Uh, I found a lot about who I am as a person when I was there, but. But as far as football goes, it was those were some really lean years, and and to see where the program is today, because that's what I believed it could be when I went there, and that's what I went there for was to be a person to change it, and and you know, I didn't change anything. I don't, you know, I don't. I, I was just there a long time ago, and I mean, they don't even. It was the whack. <laughs> like they don't even they don't even acknowledge that that Utah was even in the whack. I mean. Everyone talks about when Utah was in the Mountain West. That's when Utah football started. And then and now they're in the Pac-12. So I was way, way far away. But I'm going to tell you, it means everything to someone like me who who saw how lean it was and saw how bad it was and just to see what it's become. And, and I know I'm not alone. I know a lot of guys that played in my era and, and before me and guys even after uh, I mean Jamal Anderson. Well, I was, you know, I was with, at this event with him last night, and you know, feels the same way. He's just like, this is this is the coolest thing in the world that our, you know, our school is in the Rose Bowl. Scott Mitchell joining us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. You hear him on the radio on you broadcast. You hear him in Afternoon Drive here on The Zone Sports Network. Has this helped you connect with any guys you haven't seen in a long time? Are there that many youths running around down there, even if you're down in Long Beach? You know, you know, you connect to, like, anyone. <laughs> I mean, really, it, it, it's like I've, I've run into so many Utah fans. Uh, everywhere I've been, I mean, uh, you know, whether, uh, you know, I, was, I went to Magic Mountain, I was at dinner, and uh, the guy who uh, was our host at dinner uh, wasn't a Utah fan, but uh, he's like, man, I love Keith, you know Andrew Bogut and Keith Van Horn, and 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 all, you know, and he just he says, you know, just he was a fan, and so I just get a, it's been fun to just run into everyone, and and they're all as excited as I am. Or more, maybe more, and I don't know if you could be more excited than I am because I'm. I'm telling you, I know, I know that I'm. What's great about you know being the the broadcast uh, color analyst for you? I get to be a homer. Like they they ask me to be a homer, so so I get to actually be a fan and and call the game, and that's that's just really cool. But it's it's just fun to see so many people, so many people excited, and and I. I really believe Utah's going to win this game. I really do. I, I, I don't just say it from a from just a hopeful, optimistic fan. I just I just think Utah that motivation is so much higher for for Utah. But it's just cool. It's just so cool to be here and see so many people uh, at this event. You know, this isn't this isn't the Holiday Bowl. It's not the Las Vegas, but it's the Rose Bowl, and that means something. Scott, we'll leave it right there. We appreciate your time. Enjoy the day. We'll hear you this afternoon and enjoy calling the game. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Scott Mitchell, former Ute quarterback, now the Ute analyst on the radio broadcast and afternoon drive right here with Unrivaled with Alex Curie every afternoon on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's the Rose Bowl, PK. 
Yeah, I'm right there with Scott. <laughs> I know. I know <laughs> you are. He's the Rose Bowl, man. I just, come on. Uh, it's the Rose Bowl. <laughs> and screw anybody else who doesn't think that it's a big deal. It's the Rose Bowl. It's it, It's tradition, man. Tradition matters. Tradition is there for a reason. You know, it's built up over a good period of time. It stood the test of time. And I want to hold on to it. And even if it doesn't mean as much, all right, I get it. You know, these two games today with Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, Cincinnati, I I get all that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, But I'm not willing to let go. And maybe I'm a dinosaur. (laughs) But I'm still not willing to let go that this means something big. And it's a huge accomplishment. And I'm, that's the way I feel. And when they, and I had been saying for weeks, you can go back on my Twitter, I tweeted weeks ago a picture of the Rose Bowl because I felt they were the best team. And the, I, I think one of the essences of coaching is not necessarily to win the game, although that's where you're judged by. It's to get the most out of whatever talent level you have. And that will lead to wins. And I think that's what this coaching staff has done this year. And there's something to be said for that. And you you squeezed out whatever talent you had. And now you got an opportunity to really punctuate it and beat Ohio State. It's Ohio State. And I agree with what Scott said. You, I wanted Ohio State. Even though I knew getting Ohio State would mean they would lose against Michigan, I still wanted Ohio State. Because I thought that's the biggest name that the Big Ten has to offer. And we're talking about tradition, so it isn't just about this very season with Ohio State. It is about years and years and years. And did you know they have 51 guys active in the NFL, which is second only to Alabama, which doesn't surprise you. But nine of those 51 are captains on their teams in the NFL. Okay, that's a little surprising. Yeah. That's a nugget from their media guide, their postseason media guide, which I have devoured. (laughs) You devoured it. You know, back to your point about coaching and get the most out of the players you have. Now, during recruiting season and during transfer portal time, get the best players. But once the season kicks off, get the most out of the players you have. And we know, because we've watched them forever, and we've heard them talk forever, and the fans have watched them forever, and they've heard them talk forever, Kyle's got a very specific way that he wants to win football games. The best way to win the most games. Run the ball, be physically dominant, take your shots and make big plays when you have a chance, and don't turn the ball over. And now he's in this historic game, it's the 100th Rose Bowl, and he's got a team that's vulnerable to that style. Now, they've still got a tremendous amount of talent. And talent certainly wins a lot of games. But when they've been taken down, they've been taken down by the style of ball that Kyle believes in. So when Which you make your picks, remember that, embrace I've that. I've made my pick, and I am going to hoist Kyle on my shoulders in 33 and a half hours. Book it. With the help of about 10 other people. No, I've been practicing squats all week. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.